Hi, friends. Welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walk by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. My guest today is Linda Moore. Linda is a dear friend of mine, and she's a member of our small group. She's a wife and a mother, and she has been through some very difficult things. Linda shares about health scares, the loss of a spouse, and a spiritually abusive church situation. Linda has been through so many trials, but they have only served to point her back to Jesus and to remind her of His faithfulness. So here is my interview with Linda Moore. Linda, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really glad to be here. Linda, you uh, are such an encouragement in my life. You're such an encourager. You are somebody who I look at as just having a peace about you. And um, I don't I don't say that about a lot of people, but I think that it I think that you do. You seem to kind of be this even keeled person and um, I have known you what, like four years now, five, four or five four or five, something like that. <clears throat> and you I would consider you one of a dear friend, but I feel like I'm learning more and more about you. Mm-hmm. In just the last few months, we started to I started to get to know a little bit more about your past, and I'm I'm so excited for people to hear um, just some of the things that you have been through, and but how you've seen God's faithfulness in that. Um, so, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately? Um, well. Um to not to repeat myself, but to say when you ask me to do this interview, I have thought a great deal about it. And um, one thing I thought about is that um, I don't really want to talk about my life right now because mm-hmm. it's just so wonderful. I mean, it's just so easy to say, you know, God is great, God is good, I'm so happy, and it's all true. Yeah. But that's really, really easy to say. When mm-hmm. people are happy, then they put God in a box and say, God is great. Mm. For me, most of my adult life, I have been more unhappy mm. than happy. Okay. And it's really interesting to look back and say, okay, how has God been faithful in your life? And the true reality for me is when I was the most unhappy, I was sought after by God and Mm. given just exactly what I needed when I was desperately unhappy. Wow. Um, For my Beginning, um, when I was 21, God, um, well, let me back up. When I was 16, God started providing certain things in my life. Um, I was very, very, very shy. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad and my mom were really hard workers, very kind, wonderful people, but God was not part of our life. Mm. They were not believers. I was not a believer. Mm-hmm. We didn't know God at all. Yeah. Um, but they were pros- starting to be prosperous, and we moved from sort of like an inner city area to the suburbs. Mm. And um, what was a delight for them was a disaster for me because wow. I was really happy in the school that I was in. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to high school. And then all of a sudden, I got to go to um, a new high school where I knew absolutely no one. Mm. The first day I walked into the school, and I was desperately shy. I didn't ever talk to anyone Mm. that didn't talk (laughs) to me. And so for three days, um, I I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't know anybody. I looked around, and I was... Um, completely overwhelmed. I didn't. I didn't think this was going to be good at all. Mm. Um, and then God plopped Galen into my life, mm-hmm. right next to me in gym class, 
and she was a very conversational person. <laughs> she decided I was going to be her friend. Wow. And we were best buds from that day on until six years later when she led me to Christ. Wow. The way that happened, of course, is Galen was the leader of us two, how to say that. She, mm-hmm. she was very um, smart. She was a go-getter. Yeah. She um, taught me how to study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went from a very C student to yeah. a, almost a complete A student. Wow. She had me over almost every day. We just were joined at the hip. I didn't have any other friends, Yeah. Um, just her, but she was enough. Mm. In the middle of our junior year, uh, Campus Crusade came through our high school, mm-hmm. and Gaylin became a believer. She was dating a, a guy that was a believer also, mm-hmm. and that changed her life, and I was not interested at all. <laughs> She drug me to Bible class. Mm. Um, I didn't want to go. <laughs> I took notes about what the Bible said, um, and I, which I read years later, which was uh, amazing. Yeah. But I was an unbeliever, and I did not want anything to do with God. Mm. So we kind of were not nearly as close. Yeah. She and her later husband, Mm -hmm. then boyfriend, went to Bible class all the time um, and just were consumed. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, I was interested in my boyfriend at the time, who was not interested in the Bible either. Yeah. And so we kind of, we still stayed very close. Um, But um, uh, I I wasn't interested. Anyway, so... Um, the, the story is that she, that the people who taught this Bible class were from a church in Houston. Mm. And what a lot of them did is they were young people, college age, and they followed Campus Crusade around the country and set up Bible classes for people who became believers mm. okay. through Campus Crusade. Galen, uh, go to graduation, Galen and her husband got married, and they moved to Houston so they could attend this church that they had been kind of loosely associated with. Mm -hmm. And then I totally lost um, contact with her. But her mom still lived, you know, where uh, she lived when we were friends, and Mm -hmm. she came back one Thanksgiving, and I was a junior in college, 21. Mm -hmm. And uh, called me up, and we went to lunch and just picked up right where we left off Mm. and um, had a great time at lunch. Then we didn't want to stop our conversation, so we went and, I don't know, we went and got dessert. And we still didn't want to end our conversation. We went out to a park, and it was over Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And I, I asked her, I said, well, what was the deal about that church in Houston? And she didn't answer that question. Mm-hmm. She told me about Jesus dying on the cross for my sins and led me to Christ. Wow. And I, when I think of mm-hmm. all the things that God did mm-hmm. for six years or before that, yeah. uh, and, and she was such a perfect way for me and at the perfect time, mm-hmm. obviously, that's what God does. Yeah. And um, I, I just love thinking about how I was not interested in Christ mm-hmm. until Galen, he brought Galen into my life. Mm. Um, she went back to Houston, and I was left alone. Yeah. And being the shy person I was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know any believers. I didn't know any churches. Mm. I was totally alone. Yeah. Galen had left me a tape recorder, mm-hmm. which actually was brand new technology at the time. <laughs> I hate to admit that. Yeah. And tapes, because the pastor that was in Houston was way ahead of his time in mm-hmm. technology. He recorded every sermon. He uh, wrote lots of books about theology, 
um, about Bible study. Mm-hmm. And she had left me some books, and then she told me a church to go to. Um, none of that worked out for me at all. Yeah, I was. I went to the church once. I was totally scared of my shadow. Mm. I had several young men that thought I was just really somebody they wanted to teach <laughs> God about, yeah. me to God, and scared scared me away. Mm. Um, I destroyed the tape recorder. I couldn't read the books. I asked everybody I knew what they thought about Jesus, and I didn't find one person wow. that knew about that talked to me the way Galen had talked to me about Jesus dying mm-hmm. on the cross, except for one person, which is scary now that I think about it. Um, when I asked him about Jesus, he told me exactly the same thing that Galen had taught me, yeah. how Jesus had died on the cross for my sins, and that once I uh, uh, acknowledged that, that uh, I was in God's family and had eternal life, and I was astounded. Here mm-hmm. was the same message. And so I was like, okay, well, what church do you go to? I want to go to church with you. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I've kind of been kicked out of church. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing, yeah. you know. And, and I said, what was the name of the church? And he said that it even had Jesus in its name. Mm. It was the Jesus um, Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, okay. Mormon church. And I was like, <laughs> okay, thank you. Goodness, that didn't happen for, for me <laughs> that I didn't go there. Yeah. Um, God brought Galen back at Christmas time to visit her mom, and she told me that I was a mess and that I needed to move to Houston mm. and put myself under the teaching of her pastor. Wow. And I did. I quit college. I didn't know. Uh, I packed everything I had in my car, and I drove down to Houston. What did your parents say with that? They were crushed, Yeah, absolutely crushed. They did not understand. They weren't believers. Right. They thought there was a thousand churches in Omaha to go to, mm-hmm. and there was. But that, that was just yeah. the way it happened. Uh-huh. I didn't—I just—I I truly believe God led me to Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, through Galen, and um, I went to church every night. Whoa. Um, the uh, pastor taught every night except for Saturday night, twice on Sunday. He actually taught three times on Sunday, but I only went twice. Um, only twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in Bible class and went to that church for the next 12 years. Mm. And there were wonderful things about that church. And about that pastor and about, well, he, he, to the extent that he taught the scriptures, mm-hmm. it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. If you kind of hear a but in that, yeah, there were a lot of things that he taught us that were, you could use a verse in scripture. Okay. Taking some things out of but context. Way out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a whole system, actually, that was uh, we learned. Mm-hmm. And the system was basically that you, um, you had a right pastor, which, of course, was him. A right pastor. Okay. The right pastor. Okay. Because God's perfect and God gives you perfect things. Mm. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And God gives you the perfect pastor. God gives you the right church. God gives you the right friends. God gives you um, the right man. Okay. And it's all part of God's perfect plan. And Mm. all you have to do is recognize it Mm. and take in Bible lessons every day. And so then you will grow to spiritual maturity. Mm. And you will become a super believer, a super grace believer, actually, as long as you take in Bible doctrines every day. Um, And so I did. Um, The sad part is that that pastor 
to the extent that he used scripture incorrectly mm-hmm. was tragic in yeah. so many lives. And it was tragic in my life. Yeah, how so? Um, after a couple of years, I met a guy, dated mm-hmm. him decided that he was the right man for me. You met him in the church? Met, oh, I didn't know anybody outside of the church. <laughs> okay. Um, on purpose, yeah. because they weren't the right people. Mm-hmm. They were what we called in the church negative to God because okay. they didn't— what, what does that mean? They didn't um, listen to the pastor teach, mm. and they were negative to— Thoughts about God. Wow. Because if you were positive, then you would listen to the right pastor teach the right message. Was he the only right pastor? Yes. Okay. Wow. Um, and so the only thing that I knew about God was what this particular pastor had taught me. Um. And so I was dating this guy. We fell in love Mm -hmm. and um, dated for two years. He was going to med school. um, Mm -hmm. And so as the date for us to get married came closer and closer, um, it didn't happen. And finally, he rejected me and said I was not the right person for him, that God had told him that I was not the right person. Mm. And so I was devastated, absolutely devastated, because I was destined to live the rest of my life without God's perfect man for me. And I I went into a huge, huge depression. I had kind of lost track of a lot of people. I sat in class every night. We called Mm -hmm. it Bible class. We didn't call it church. Yeah. Um, And pretty much isolated myself, and I was alone, and I truly did not want to live live the rest of my life without a man, Mm -hmm. a husband, a family. Yeah. Because of this situation. Then God plopped three people back into my life right Mm -hmm. next to me in church. People in church didn't actually talk to each other. It was not a friendly church. Um, mm. There was kind of a, a thing about giving everybody their privacy before God. Um, it was something that the pastor taught. But um, some people called, uh, a couple called Mick and Susie were brand new and they didn't know that rule. Mm-hmm. And so they talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> They hadn't learned yet. (laughs) They hadn't learned yet. They were Mm -hmm. very nice people. And God brought them to me in a time in my life when I was hopeless. Mm -hmm. I believed, absolutely believed that the gospel, but I didn't want to go on and live life without ever having a, a, a right man. Yeah. Well... They kind of took me out to eat, put me under their wing, became my mentors, Mm. and just, you know, made life better. Yeah. And they also kind of helped me decide that maybe my application that God wouldn't bring me a man was a little over the top. Mm -hmm. Then he brought me Nancy. She sat right next to me in church. She talked to me in church. Yeah. Which was just not done. It's just so exciting the way I can look back and see God bringing people into my life that he was so faithful. Nancy had moved to the church, which people all over the United States moved to the church mm-hmm. to to put themselves under the teaching of this pastor. Yeah. And um, she was actually, she just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. And she moved to Houston to get a job and to to attend Bible class. She told me that I kind of I don't know what, what she told me exactly, but I got the idea that she really um, didn't have hardly any money, and I was doing okay. And um, I, she was staying in a hotel mm-hmm. and and waiting 
for to get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just felt so sorry for her staying in a hotel. Yeah. So I said, you know what? You can stay on my couch. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we get along, then instead of me living by myself in a one-bedroom apartment, we'll be roommates and we'll yeah. go to church together. And we became best friends. Yeah. And between those three, they brought me out of that huge depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a wonderful way that God yeah. helped me to move forward with my life. Now, I sat down in church every night. I still went, and I um, still was very faithful to the pastor. Mm-hmm. But I kind of thought, you know, maybe I'm taking this just a little bit too... I know, making the pastor my hero mm-hmm. instead of the Word of God. Yeah. Um, let's see. What was I going to say next? The next great thing that God showed His faithfulness to me. Let me let me just stop you right I there. Know, right. I can just get in. No, no, you're good. The details. You're no. I want to hear more. I just was going to point out that, like, as you're recalling the things about this church that were so valuable to you. You're recalling the part that was kind of a rebellion to the church's Absolutely. atmosphere, which is Absolutely. interesting. I mean, that's what helped to bring about God's healing in you whenever you've been through something really yes. difficult or these huge transitions in your life. Community was so instrumental, and community People. was discouraged, basically. Yes. So I think that's— Amazing. Yeah, I mean, God is God's <laughs> so, so good. good. You found uh, this group of rebellious people <laughs> in a church that's very, very strict and like, you know, I don't know if they would have gotten in trouble for that necessarily, but like they would have been looked down on. Yeah. They they weren't as spiritually mature because yeah. they're having community in that way. But <laughs> but anyway, um so you're saying the next place that you um, saw God's faithfulness. Yeah. Um Oh, well. Um as my story goes along, yeah. I I healed. Um, I had great fellowship with these people. Did you still have to see that guy afterward? No, actually, he was down in Galveston at med school. And oh, I was okay. In I was Houston. just thinking him being at church. You see nope. him every day. Nope. Okay, good. Mm-mm. Okay, but you know, I I I got over this huge depression and had a community, so to speak. Uh, and um, I met, uh, af- after a, oh, maybe a couple years, I mm-hmm. met um, Michael, who okay. I married. Okay. Um, and and thought, this is just fantastic. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, we met um, and were married within three months. Wow. Met at the church, right? Met at the church. Okay. Michael was totally overwhelming for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I was a, a very shy, uh, quiet person. Mm-hmm. And Michael was funny, yeah, gregarious, mm-hmm. knew everyone in the church. Yeah, had a posse, <laughs> so to speak. He had moved down from Ohio. He had witnessed to all of his friends. They had all moved down from Ohio. Wow. He was quite um, well known. Mm-hmm. He was the funniest person I have ever met. I thought life yeah. was going to be one huge laugh. Yeah. For the every day for the rest of my life mm-hmm. I thought I would be laughing. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you have only known somebody for 3 months mm-hmm. and you get married, you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't care how how much you go to church. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we we ended up being married for 33 years. Wow. And there were a lot of very, very difficult times. Mm. Very difficult. Um, one of Michael's, one of the church's favorite scriptures is... Um, Women submit yourselves to your husbands, mm-hmm. and um, that's very clear. Yeah, and um, and so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I wanted God to be pleased with me, mm-hmm. 
And I knew that as a wife, I should help be a helper to my husband and submit to him. Mm. <clears throat> and um, sometimes that was very, very difficult. Um, we thought things would get better, you know. The first year was pretty good. Yeah. Then Michael bought a donut shop, and um, I wanted to help. Mm-hmm. So I got up at 5 o'clock for five years without a day off, mm. and I helped. Mm. Um, Michael was very um, aggressive in his business dealings because yeah. he thought God would always bless whatever he did because <clears throat> he was in church every night. Yeah. <clears throat> And so he borrowed money to open a second donut shop and a third donut shop and a fourth donut shop. Wow. And it failed miserably. Oh, no. It was very, very hard on us because Mm. not only was um, he my husband and I submitted to him, he was my boss. Yeah. And, um, And it was just really, really hard on our marriage. We were very, we lost everything. We lost our house. We lost our jobs. We lost, um, you know, we were just um, destitute, really. Yeah. And um, the only thing that I really could do is keep submitting Mm -hmm. and uh, keep going to church and um, hope that things would get better. Um, and then <laughs> um, I sat in class one night. Michael was doing something. I don't remember what it was. He wasn't beside me. So I looked down at the, the scripture that we were going to study that night. Now, that's kind of unusual because mm-hmm. we really were not encouraged to read scripture at all to ourselves because our pastor um, uh, actually translated each and every word from the Greek and the Hebrew and told us what it meant. And sometimes, you know, the English was not as good as interpreting scripture as the Greek and the Hebrew in the original languages. And so we didn't read. We, We were told we really couldn't study by ourselves and oh look at Scripture by ourselves. But for some reason, I didn't have anything else to do, and I didn't talk to anybody. So I looked down to see what the Scripture was that we were going to read. I cannot tell you what it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it was definitely something that we had been taught the opposite of, mm. something about maybe loving other believers, yeah, or caring for other people, mm-hmm. um, and I, I looked down and I thought, well, gosh, I know it doesn't mean that because I have been taught yeah. that it that that's not possible, and so I really paid quite attention that mm-hmm. night to see what the pastor was going to teach me because I knew it didn't say what the English said, yeah, and at the end of that hour of class, I was dumbfounded because it was the very first time that I had ever questioned what my pastor was teaching me, because mm. he had not convinced me that, that the English didn't say what it said. Yeah. And I was... It shakes your whole foundation. It, it, it did. I didn't yeah. know what to think. I didn't know what... I, I, I truly believe the Holy Spirit was completely at work in me mm-hmm. because that English told me something that the pastor had not told me, but it was definitely God's working. Yeah. I didn't tell Michael at all. I was so scared. Oh, my gosh. For months and months, I paid close attention. I read the English. I looked at Scripture, and I was absolutely floored. I couldn't tell anybody because I couldn't—me, I could not think that 
I could question mm. the pastor's teaching, this hero of the church yeah. and this learned man, and here I was, a, a nobody. Yeah. And then I got mad mm. because I kept seeing inconsistencies um, that just didn't seem right. Wow. But I couldn't tell Michael because mm -hmm. I knew he would not approve. Yeah. And then God plopped somebody else right in my lap. Mm. I was pregnant. <laughs> wow. And that gave me the perfect excuse not to go to Bible class at night mm. because I didn't have an easy pregnancy at all. In oh fact, the last six weeks I had to go to bed to keep from come, you know, by due date coming or the baby yeah, coming early. Bed rest. <clears throat> and then I had a C section and it was then I just You're the only person thankful for pregnancy I, complications. I was. I was so <laughs> glad. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um you can I was so happy with this beautiful baby. I loved every minute of being a mom. I could see God's plan, the birth, and it was just amazing how mm -hmm. wonderful God was. Yeah. But it, it didn't keep me out of Bible class forever. Yeah. I had to tell Michael because I could not go back. Mm. I had to tell Michael. And when I told Michael that I disagreed with the pastor, he looked at me like, he, he truly did not understand. Yeah. Because it was like I had told him that God did not exist and that I didn't believe in God. And that's not what I told him. I told him I just disagreed with some of the things that the pastor said, and I didn't, I couldn't bring myself to listen to that man anymore. Mm. And it just was really difficult. He um, <clears throat> allowed me not to go to church. Wow. Is that, I mean, like, that? that's very intentional language. It's, you have to be allowed. That's what he told to. me, is that he okay. would allow me wow. not to go to church. Mm. Um, sometimes I look back and go, I wish he would have not allowed me. Because yeah. <laughs> I've... I would that would have been the end of everything yeah. right then. But we had a, a, a beautiful baby to take care of. And with, with this church, I mean, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, like the the right pastor is the pastor of that that particular church. So what what of all the other people are they not truly saved, or are they lesser, or what would they say? Well, we did. Or you said they were negative to God, or they belonged to a church that did things wrong. We were constantly told in class how this particular denomination or that particular denomination was wrong. And um, that was really hard for me going forward because I had been taught night after night after night, not only was what my pastor said right, but how all the other churches were wrong. Mm. in some aspect yeah. of their life. And so I was alone yeah. again. And um, someone, I don't know who, told me about, um, I have to look it up because I can't, I can never remember, KHCB. Oh, okay. And I had, I listened to Christian radio Mm -hmm. and all of these other pastors. Yeah. And I had to fight my feelings for other pastors maybe not teaching me correctly mm -hmm. the Word of God. But I knew that the only pastor I knew was not teaching me. So I had to go out of my, my zone mm -hmm. and, and listen and try to understand what God was really trying to teach me through yeah. other pastors. <clears throat> then I did um, eventually um, go to another church 
for me, I call it kind of a second-generational church. There were plenty of men who went to the first church. I'll Mm -hmm. just call it the first church. Yeah. um, That went to seminary Mm. and um, opened churches of their own. Okay. But maybe they were not using the vocabulary and the system. Yeah. And and we're teaching a lot, a lot closer to scripture, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, and a not friend, as much like interpretation, more right. just reading it. Much simply. more, yes, more reading it simply, more application, more. Yeah. For me, the biggest issue was love of other believers, mm. and it's amazing that a pastor could get this wrong. But we were taught from the first church, (laughs) that um, God's love was totally um, wonderful, but it was um, our love for others was um, conditional. Wow. And that... um, it, it was just so self-serving, and it yeah. was so wrong, and it was so awful yeah. that we didn't love one another. Where did they get that from Scripture anywhere, you know? I guess, I mean, that's where that, For me, that passage no, that you read really stood out to you. Yes. Probably. Yeah. So some of the second-generational churches, mm-hmm. they didn't teach that. They love their people. They love their people. Yeah. And I went to a church for two years that taught the uh, what they called the one another scriptures, mm. which I had never heard before, how you're mm. to treat one another. Mm-hmm. I, I was in love with God all over again Wow! because this was so amazing yeah. that, I mean, how can you get this wrong, right? God yeah. loves us. We are to love him with all of our might. Mm-hmm. And then love one another as he loves us. Yeah, and I fell in love with God again, all yeah. over again, because that was just an amazing thing how we were to love one another. Um, unfortunately, this pastor was not nearly as um, uh, how do I say this? He, he taught scripture really nice, but he he um, he was not as. Uh, uh, faithful to his wife. Oh no! Okay. As he was to scripture. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, that's terrible. Wow, it's terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible. Okay. And that okay. church closed. Okay, that just okay. broke completely apart. What well, What was going on in your marriage at this point, where you've now not we, just stopped attending, but you are now cheating on your old church, basically? <laughs> well, this was actually a, a pretty good time for me. Mm-hmm. And it was also a fairly good time for our marriage in spite of everything because we had this beautiful baby that we mm-hmm. loved. Yeah. And Michael was a wonderful father. Yeah. And so I loved his loving my son. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we got along yeah. because we had this wonderful child to both love up on. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, I got pregnant again. Mm. Michael had been working for a company that um, <clears throat> was horrible. He was working uh, as a um, on commission. Mm-hmm. He was a great salesman. He he could sit here and make you his best friend in 15, 20 minutes tops. Yeah. <laughs> he was a very sociable person. <clears throat> Everybody loved him. Everybody yeah. thought he was the funniest guy in the mm-hmm. room, always. Yeah. Um, and I liked him a lot when we were around other people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he he um, made some some he he worked for this company, and we were totally without any money. Mm. Um, I was staying at home with Sam, and. Uh, I mean, there were some weeks that I had ten dollars wow. for grocery. But we had no money. Mm. Um, Sam, uh, I, I jumped ahead to, to be pregnant with the 
second one, but actually I need to go back. I knew I couldn't trust Michael to um, provide for us financially. He just made some terrible decisions. And so I decided to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I had gone to school to be a teacher. I had quit when I married Michael. I had yeah. quit when I moved down to Houston. Mm-hmm. I had gone back and quit again when I married Michael. And I decided I was going to have to make some money. Yeah. Somebody had to make some money. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school. It took me three years mm-hmm. because I had Uh, been gone so long. But um, student loans were great because they (laughs) they bought groceries. Wow, yeah. (laughs) And they paid the rent. Mm. So I graduated um, and got a job. I also had Benjamin, our second Mm -hmm. baby, and he was... I always thought Sam was the best baby in the world until I had Benjamin, and Benjamin yeah. was the best baby in the world. Yeah. <laughs> they were just so such doll babies. I yeah. loved every minute that I was with them. But I had to go to work. Um, Michael had gotten another job. It was a little bit better. Um, he always thought he was going to make lots of money and yeah. shortcut things. And um, so I uh, had my first year of teaching. Mm-hmm. Another amazing example of God's providing for me. Mm-hmm. I was hired in a uh, in the Humble School District. Yeah, I had um, a mentor that was a very strong Christian. Mm-hmm. I had a um, another lady of part of my team that was an amazing, beautiful, beautiful Christian. Mm-hmm. And they supported me um, through the, the the next disaster in my life, which yeah. was um, my first year of teaching. Um, they helped me because first-year teachers need help tremendously. Yeah. But February of my first year of teaching, I was writing on the blackboard, mm-hmm. and God zapped me. Mm. <laughs> zapped you? Zapped me. Yeah. I felt this electric. I was writing on the board mm-hmm. in the middle of a, a lesson. And I felt this, like this electrical charge go through my body is all I can say. Wow. I've never heard of this before. I'm not crazy. <laughs> and I stopped the lesson right in the middle of class to the point that kids were going, Miss Dribbling. Miss Dribbling, what's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> and I, I woke out of my whatever it was and started teaching that lesson. And I completely forgot about that sensation. Mm-hmm. So God had to zap me again. Mm. About a week later, I, was, I had my arm up. And it, it, the same type of like electrical zapping, I can't, I don't know what that was except for God just zapping me. And so that night I remembered it and I started feeling where I f- felt that zap and I found a lump in my breast. Oh my gosh. I was um, 37, so I had never had a mammogram. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was like, what the heck is this? But I was diligent, and I called my gynecologist, said, I have a lump in my breast, and they got me in, and they said, yeah, you know what, you're right, you have a lump in your breast. Yeah. <laughs> and so they sent me to have a mammogram, and um, and I, they did a biopsy on me, and I had breast cancer. My goodness. My first year of teaching. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a, a 15-month-old baby. Man. And a four-year-old. And um, I hadn't been to church in a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, boy, did I start talking to God mm-hmm. then. And I, I had such help with my um, team, my mm-hmm. Christian ladies at, at school. They, they mentored me so much. And... Um, 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 Michael, well, I'm getting out of anyway. So I went through my first. Um, I had a um, a mastectomy mm-hmm. when they sent the um, the 
the breast tissue to yeah. the lab. They found out that I actually had three sources of cancer in that breast. Oh, my goodness. So they told me right away that I had to have chemo, but then the other breast would have to come off after chemo. Oh, goodness. I was like, if I... If I have cancer, just take it. Whatever yeah. you can take, take it. Oh <laughs> I don't gosh, care. That's scary. <clears throat> so I, I, I did not. I, I did rely on God tremendously. You know, I prayed all the time. I, I really thought this is a great way for me to shine. You know what? People are watching me. People that I can share my faith with mm-hmm. are watching me. And and I I felt it was it was definitely a time for me to step up and not be quite so shy about God yeah. and share my faith with other people. Mm. Um, I went through the first chemo treatment pretty good. The second chemo treat treatment um, I don't want to sound dramatic, but I almost died. Wow. <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> Um, so what happened to me, at least what I think happened to me, is from what they explained to me is I had this um, uh, reaction to the anti-nausea drugs. Oh, okay. And I literally couldn't stand anything. Wow. I had tunnel vision. Oh, my gosh. I had shakes. Mm. I had uh, this overwhelming urge to get up and walk around. I had mm-hmm. the jitters. I was dizzy. I I was crazy. Yeah. Um, at the time, the <clears throat> the chemo treatment that one of the drugs that I had was um, um, ho- hooked into the port, and mm-hmm. I I had to have it for like four days. Mm-hmm. The second day, I couldn't stand it. With all this craziness going on, I called yeah. the clinic, and I don't remember what. Uh, it, it had to have been in April, so maybe it was Easter weekend. I don't remember, but the doctor was out of town mm-hmm. for the clinic. The clinic was almost completely closed down. There were like the receptionist and a nurse, and mm-hmm. I called her, and I said, you have got to take this out of me. I cannot stand it. Yeah. <clears throat> She tried to talk me down, you know, and (laughs) I said, I'm coming in in an hour, and if you don't take this out, I'm going to pull it out right in front of you. Now, coming from a very shy, quiet person, this was craziness. Yeah. Anyway, I got to the clinic. The nurse took me back, and she said, okay, I I got you. You can't stand this. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to push the rest of the... drug in into you or do you want me to just unhook it and we have to go through chemo again next week I said push it in (laughs) she said you're going to be very very sick you're going to throw up and you're going to have diarrhea and I said whatever push it I'm not going to go through this again next week (laughs) yeah um she said you need to go right home and get in bed because you're going to collapse Oh, gosh. Well, I didn't go right home because I had to get gas <laughs> to get home. And when I was, I was putting gas in my tank, I just... Collapsed? Collapsed. Oh, my gosh. I got back in the driver's seat. I drove home. I couldn't hardly see a thing. I had this tunnel vision. I was dizzy, and I had absolutely no strength whatsoever. I made it home. <clears throat> I crawled in bed, and I threw up and had diarrhea for five days. And you did this at home? You at didn't home, ever think bed. you should go to the hospital because you're dehydrated or anything? No. I should have been in the hospital. I should have had veins up. I should have had IVs IVs in my veins. I couldn't hold water down. I certainly couldn't eat anything. I was dry heaving. I couldn't make it to the bathroom. I had a bucket by my bed. Um, I finally contacted the doctor after four days and said, when am I going to stop throwing up? And he told me, when you start taking the anti-nausea drug, you're going to stop throwing up. And he hung up on me. Wow. 
It's very compassionate. He was a great, great doctor. <laughs> and so I was like, I can't take this anti-nausea. It makes me crazy. Yeah. But then I have to stop throwing up. Yeah. So I took it, and I stopped throwing up. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't—this doesn't sound right, but I've always remembered that I lost 20 pounds oh my gosh. in those four days. Surely I couldn't have. But yeah. I lost a lot of weight. I was totally dehydrated. Oh, my gosh. Totally. <clears throat> but I took the anti-nausea drug. I went in. And then uh, it, it took—I went back to work because, mm-hmm. you know— Feeling better. I could, I could get up out of bed. Yeah. Um, I couldn't walk very well because I was so chafed from diarrhea that oh, I couldn't hardly walk. Oh, gosh. That sounds terrible. Um, but— God, I, I went back for the third treatment, and I asked the doctor, I said, what the heck, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. What happens if I don't do the chemo? And he said, well, you got a 50-50 shot, but most likely you'll get cancer again. It'll be in your bones, and you'll die. Mm. He had a great bedside manner. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and so I said, I, I don't know what to do. I, yeah. This, this, um, this anti nausea thing makes me crazy. Yeah. Um, God gave me a nurse mm-hmm. that was so compassionate, and yeah. she asked the doctor if I could take part in a new uh, drug study. Uh-huh. They had this new anti-nausea drug that, that maybe didn't work as good against the nausea, but it didn't have all those side crazy effects, yeah. side effects, and it worked. Wow. Um, I still threw up a lot. But yeah. I was I was grateful to throw up because <laughs> it stopped the nausea for a little while. Yeah. But what happened after that is I really started soul searching because Michael told me that I was dying because I was not going to church and I was negative to God. And that um, he, he was really very, very um, mean. He didn't help me at all. Um, uh, he he worked a lot. I was mm-hmm. home with the kids, with the babies, and yeah. um, I could hardly get out of my chair. I was so tired and so stressed. And and um, one night I stayed up and I wrestled with God, mm. and I said, "God, are are you?" Are you, are you really disciplining me because I haven't gone back to church? Because I don't believe some of the things that the pastor is saying. Yeah. And I, you know, there I I searched everything that I knew about God in my soul, mm-hmm. and I decided it didn't matter if God was going to take me. I still believed in him. Mm-hmm. I still knew that I had eternal life, yeah. and that it, it's it wasn't because I hadn't gone to this particular church and put myself under the teaching of this particular man. Yeah. And I was relieved, yeah, because I just didn't believe that God was that God. Yeah. And I I was relieved. Mm. From a from just like a, a outsider looking in standpoint, like so was there nobody in the church that was ill? Um that you are do, I guess cuz you're so private, maybe you don't know if yeah, they're going maybe. through stuff, maybe they just don't show up for a while or something. I well, don't know. You know. Cuz like I mean there ha- like a church that's a good size, you're going to have people who are sick and ill well, and whatever. And, and they were, but it does because they were still under the teaching of that pastor, they they weren't being disciplined by God. Mm. They just they just were sick. Sick. Yours was discipline. Mine was discipline. Or at least in their eyes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's so many more times that God just showed up for me yeah. when I was alone. And um, uh, and it was always with, with people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I did find another church to go to. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. For 15 years, I was, um, I studied under this kind, loving, wonderful pastor. Yeah. I um, met a, a wonderful group of people in that church, mm-hmm. uh, some of whom you know, mm-hmm. that supported me. Um, in the coming years when um, uh, Michael um, had had um, I left out the part about him being diabetic Um, that was something that God taught me almost every day the the one wonderful principle there was lots of principles in the first church because they did use scripture and scripture leads us to God and yeah. his absolute faithfulness. But there was one one concept that um, the colonel had a a, a, um, <clears throat> a word for, mm-hmm. a phrase for, and it was um, faith, rest. Mm. And so you took what you knew as God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. and then you just rested yeah. in that. And I had to do that over and over and over again, especially with Michael's diabetes because he didn't handle it well. He was type 1, mm-hmm. and um, his blood sugar was either high, which made him very um, angry, mm-hmm. impatient, unkind, um, or his blood sugar was very low, and um, he would have seizures. Oh, gosh. Um, several times his blood sugar dropped so low that I had to bring him out of unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. I was not allowed to ask him if his blood sugar was high or low. I wasn't. Because that's. That's his business, not okay. mine. I did have to ride in the car with him, though, when his blood sugar was low, and he could have killed everybody. You weren't driving him. You just rode with him. I rode with him. Oh, my gosh. Um, I um, had to trust God a lot because I never knew what his sugar was. One time we um, had actually taken a vacation and a cruise. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were, uh, Michael had dropped his glass insulin bottle on the, on the tile floor. He went down to the, we were on board ship, mm-hmm. and he had to have insulin. <laughs> so he went down to the doctor, and they had some insulin, but it wasn't the long-acting insulin that he used. It was short-acting. Mm-hmm. And so um, he took too much insulin. Oh, gosh. And we were in the middle of the ocean, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we had gone out uh, to a private island, and we were in waist-high water. And I looked over at Michael, and he was stiff and rigid, and he couldn't move, and the water was up to here. And so I made my way over to him. I'm a really good swimmer, and Mm -hmm. I kept his head above water, and I told Sam, who was a good swimmer, and he was like 10 years old, mm-hmm. to swim into shore and get the lifeguard and have tell the lifeguard that his dad was in trouble, that he was a diabetic, and, that, and to point out where we were. And the lifeguard came out oh and... Gosh. I held his. I held Michael's head above the water until the lifeguard got there, and he was heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to rest mm-hmm. in God's faithfulness. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, a a, a point of a life-threatening point or not, mm-hmm. God was there. Yeah. 
Um, and so as a, as a, a, a diabetic's wife that didn't take care of himself, it was very, very difficult yeah. to trust him because there were many, many times when his sugar was way too high or way too low. Mm. And he ended up having a stroke because after 20 years of having uncontrolled diabetes, the Damage vessels in vessels, damage yeah. to his brain, blood vessels just popped. Uh-huh. And he took... Um, it took two years and many, many, many strokes and uh, a lot of difficult, stressful times. But the, the f- support that you know of our friends, mm-hmm. they were just there for me. Mm. And the church was there. In fact, I told the pastor at, at Michael's funeral told me that the several times that the way the church surrounded us as a family mm-hmm. brought that church closer together. Wow. So the most difficult time, uh, one of the most difficult times of my life, God used that mm. to bring a whole church full of believers closer together. Wow. And I'm guessing he never attended that church with you. He did. Oh, he did. Because his first pastor ended up having Alzheimer's. Uh That church... um, Reconfigured. (laughs) You know, it's still there. Mm -hmm. There's still a person teaching there. The first pastor's son is still teaching there, still teaching the same type of things. Yeah. But it's very, very... Not very many people attend. Uh Um. So, um, over and over and over again, God has just plopped and zapped. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I hadn't had that zap with my cancer, we found it really very early, and I recovered, and I don't have you know any more chance of having. It was thirty-one years ago. And um, I don't really have any more chance of getting cancer than anybody else does after that long time. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> it was like it actually happened to someone else. Really? It was so long ago. Yeah. Well, you were a different different person then, <laughs> and you've grown so much in that time. Um, so do you? how do you feel like going through... Um, these different experiences, these difficult, hard things have helped to shape you um, as as a parent. And, you know, you, you mentioned that your first husband passed away and you have since remarried um, to a dear friend of ours as well, Steve, and he is awesome. He is the um, kindest man I have ever met. Aww. Well, he speaks very highly of you when you're not around, too, just so you know. <laughs> but how do you feel like those that, that trauma that you went through, that hard stuff, shaped you in the way that you are in the, in, as a parent now still? I mean, even though you've grown children. But yeah, they're grown. Yeah. <laughs> but um, as a parent and then also as a wife. Well, um, When you go through really hard times, it makes you appreciate the good times. I am so blessed. I am so amazed at the blessing that God has brought me. Um, I do know that um, going forward, you know, I'm no young chicken. There may be hard times ahead. Yeah. But um, I can absolutely rest Mm. in God's faithfulness, no matter what Mm -hmm. comes. Yeah. So good. Um, Well, I just, I mean, I appreciate you sharing so much. I know that you are, you know, you're shy. (laughs) You're more (laughs) private maybe with some of these things, but... Um, I, 
I have loved hearing all about this. And I feel like I, I know you in a new way that I maybe didn't before. <laughs> and so um, and it's just so encouraging to hear just, you know, even after all these years, you look back on it and it's not like those memories are are faded even really. I mean, you still remember the hard things, but you remember how good God was and how good the people of God have been to you. And I just think there's so much encouragement in that. So thank you so much for for your time today. Thank you for asking me to think about um, God's faithfulness in, in my story. Linda's struggles and her dependence on Jesus are such an encouragement to me. I love how each situation pointed her back to Jesus despite the challenges along the way. The road was far from easy, but she knew that she could trust the loving heart of her Heavenly Father. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoy The Faithful Podcast, please take a few moments and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and a review. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. And while you're there, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. You can find me on faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at faithfulpodcast. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends.